Hello, and welcome to Ag Week 2021. This year, in honor of our 10th anniversary, we are highlighting innovative advancements, ideas, and individuals that have contributed to agriculture over the past 10 years in a series of five interviews. While we wish that these speakers could be with us on campus celebrating all that Purdue has to offer, we are thankful for their contributions to this year's Ag Week. So, without further ado, here are our Presidential Dialogues. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to the Presidential Di Dialogue interview with Dr. Phil Nelson. We are extremely excited to have him with us today. I'm Kayla Miner, a senior on Ag Week Task Force, double majoring in Agricultural Systems Management and Agribusiness Management. To start things off today, I would like to ask Dr. Nelson to just give a quick introduction of yourself as well as a little background of the work that you have done. Well, uh, thank you for inviting me for this dialogue. Uh, you know, it brings back a lot of memories. Obviously, uh, I'm quite a Boiler fan. I taught at Purdue for 50 years and even got my PhD there. And usually people leave uh, after their degree is uh, obtained at a university, but in my case, um, never got away. And of course, uh, I had a very interesting and exciting career and uh, was with Purdue then for those 50 years. Awesome. Well, we're really excited to have you here with us today. So some call you the father of the food science here at Purdue. When you started your career in the horticulture department re researching tomatoes, did you have a vision for what the future of the food science department would look like, or did that vision come later? You know, it's quite interesting. Uh, when I went back to Purdue, I got my BS and left for four years, uh, and then came back to Purdue. I had, our family had a tomato canning plant. And so when I came back to Purdue, I was first admitted to the vet school, but uh, saw a horticulture professor before the semester began. And before I left his office, I had an assistantship and all of a sudden I'm in the hort food science area. You know, it was hard for me to believe that what would evolve at Purdue eventually, I kept hoping that we would get a curriculum that would be across the departments. And uh, we did with Dr. Bernie Liska, we formed uh, a food science institute. Uh, it cut across departments. We didn't have any budget or any building, but we were able to put together a curriculum that uh, resembled a food science curriculum. There are 42 food science departments across the country uh, mostly in land-grant colleges. And uh, so our institute uh, went on until we formed the department in 1983. Wow, that's quite cool. Um, so much of your research was on the topic of aseptic processing. Could you briefly explain what aseptic processing is and its role in reducing food waste? Sure. Uh, I think you'd be familiar with canning. You know, you put the food into the container and then you close it and then you cook it in the container or heat it in the container. The difference with aseptic processing is that we sterilize the container separately. We sterilize the food separately and then we put them together uh, in a sterile environment. 
what that allows us to do is to heat the food in a thin film and therefore we don't uh, lose uh, flavor or nutrition and uh, allows us to use uh, many different kinds of packages. So it's, uh, it's like a heating process, but the heating is done outside of the can. Hmm, that's really interesting. Have there been any further innovations within the aseptic processing um, that has really surprised you? Well, there are continual uh, innovations occurring, of, of course. Um, probably the most significant in aseptic processing has been the package. The package size, the package shape, uh, the package unit is, is, has changed a lot. We're also developing new ways of sterilizing the package, uh, sterilizing the equipment, so that we can uh, put the food together into that package. Those are probably the main things. There are over uh, probably 23, 25 equipment manufacturers that make aseptic processing equipment. Um, most of them are outside of the U.S. because it really began outside of the U.S. before we were allowed to use uh, uh, the process in, in 1982. Is it still primarily more popular outside of the United States or are we seeing it here more frequently now? Uh, it's, it's much more popular outside of the U.S. You know, we, uh, we developed a cold chain so we could move things across the country under refrigeration. But in countries like the Far East, China and uh, other countries there, uh, they don't have that cold chain. So they're really expanding aseptic processing so they can deliver their product that doesn't require refrigeration and therefore can be distributed uh, throughout the, the vast uh, countryside of those, of those countries. Interesting, yeah, that makes, that makes sense. So aside from aseptic processing, what other advancements have you really seen within the past 10 years within the food science um, that you would say is the most significant? <laughs> Probably the most recent that's making headway into uh, uh, the consumer market is a technique we call high pressure processing. Uh, we can put the food in the container and then expose it to a very, very high pressure. That will destroy the, uh, the harmful microorganisms and probably give us an extended shelf life of at least 10 times. Uh, I think we're going to see more of that uh, in the future. Uh, so that's, that's one. The uh, cool plasma technology is a, is a method of uh, using electri electrical impulses to produce a plasma, uh, which in, in addition will kill microorganisms. So uh, that one is not commercial yet, but I think we will see that one uh, coming into the marketplace. Yeah, do you see that as the next big food innovation or are there others that are also approaching? Well, there, there are obviously others that are still in, in research and development. Uh, pulse electric field is one uh, that destroys microorganisms. Um, irradiation, we may see that come back. Uh, uh, I, I think uh, we'll, we'll be seeing that in the future. Um, there are others out there, but uh, really in the very infant stage. Gotcha. 
What challenges in the next 10 years do you think really need to be overcome in this industry and um, how will those innovations really help to overcome those? Well, as you probably have read, uh, by 2020, by 2050, excuse me, we'll, we'll have about 9 billion uh, uh, people in the world. And of course, feeding those means that agriculture has to double. Uh, one thing that food science has an input in is to reduce food losses. Uh, in parts of Africa, maybe 30 to 40 percent of the food is lost before it even gets to the consumer. So that's on-farm losses. And so this is a big emphasis that uh, uh, we, the UN, FAO, is, uh, is beginning to make to uh, develop techniques, appropriate technology, that will help these small farmers to uh, reduce their food losses and, of course, increase the production of, of agriculture. Interesting. Yeah, so now kind of transitioning from the food science, let's talk a little bit about your career. Um, and as we know, failure is a part of innovation. Can you share a time that maybe you have failed and what you've learned from that and how you overcame it? Oh, there, there are probably a lot of failures I can tell you about, but one that was probably the most significant was with uh, my development of the aseptic bulk storage technology. We had done as much as we could to do in, in the laboratory. And so with an industry partner, we were able to scale up uh, these large aseptic packages uh, to a 15,000 gallon tank. Uh, this was in uh, uh, Pennsylvania with a tomato processor. And one summer we filled those two, there were two tanks, we filled both of them uh, with uh, pizza sauce, 15,000, 30,000 gallons. In October, I get a call and say, Dr. Nelson, I'm sorry to tell you, but they've all spoiled. And so that was the biggest failure I think that I ever had. Fortunately, we'd kept good records. We went back and poured over the records and we found that there was one place where the temperature dropped just for a few seconds and then came back and we thought that that temperature drop wouldn't make, make us uh, uh, have any any problem or spoilage, but obviously it did. We came back the next year, we filled the tanks, and we were successful. Wow. Well, that's great that you were able to come back and be successful, but that it's insane that that little short uh, stint of temperature drop really made that big of an impact. Wow. Big, big impact. Yeah. Um, so perseverance is something that you have had spades over in your career. Um, can you give us students some advice how you per persevere even when it's hard? Well, I think in this case, um, my technology of, of the bulk storage uh, took, I really had to be passionate. I had to be determined. I had to be flexible. I had to look for resources outside of the conventional uh, funding sources. So I, I think uh, being positive, uh, and, and of course, uh, as I always tell my students, that failure is not the falling down, but the staying down. And so while there were some failures along the way, uh, got up, you know, brushed yourself off and said, no, I, I can't let this happen. And so I went ahead and, and really uh, 
uh, managed to develop a technology that has impacted the world. Yeah, that's really good um, advice and insight, especially for students. And I think this COVID-19 pandemic has certainly caused some challenges for students. Um, so thank you for sharing that and how to continue yeah, persevering through all this. Yeah, and you know, that's as simple as uh, failing on an exam, uh, thinking, well, it's all over, I can't do this anymore. Um, failure is not the staying, not the falling down, but the staying down. So yeah. you gotta get up and go at it again. Yeah. I know I've certainly felt that way with some exams. <laughs> yes. Um, so as you may know, this year's Ag Week, we are reflecting and um, celebrating the advancements of agriculture over the past 10 years. As you kind of look forward in your area of expertise, how can we continue to innovate to overcome the emerging, emerging challenges that are continuing to face our industry and our world today? Well, there are, there are a number of uh, technologies out there and of course, I, in terms of agriculture, I have to mention uh, GMOs and gene editing as, as technologies that's going to really have an impact on the production of agriculture. Of course, food science now has to do their part in uh, preventing food losses. And, uh, and so there's, there's all kinds of new technologies out there. Uh, certainly uh, uh, having uh, uh, 3D printing as a technology that's that's coming along. Uh, it, it's a way of layering the quality of a food product and making it to what you want. It's hard to dis to describe, but that's that's how it is uh, put together. Um, there's also uh, uh, certainly uh, the the plant protein use will be. Uh, an exciting use uh, that we'll be developing more and more. We're going to be seeing more plant proteins uh, being incorporated into our food supply. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We're already seeing a lot of that, and I, I agree. I can, I believe that that will definitely continue to be big in our industry. Yeah, very well. Well, thank you for your time today and for joining us for the Presidential Dialogue. It was really great to meet you and chat with you a little bit about your expertise within food science. That's great, and good luck to you, and good luck to the students uh, as they develop their future. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast today, and thank you to all of our sponsors for making Ag Week 2021 possible. Make sure to check out other episodes of our podcast posted throughout the week.